And on Fridays, our roundtable discussion is on immune health. So joining me for this discussion is our nutrition and health coach, Morton Jensen, and Mind Movement's director of movement, Justin Olgeschlager. Hi, guys. Hello. So nice to have you for this conversation. Um, so we've been talking about sort of what our strategies are at Mind Movement to help people get healthy both in mind and body. That's kind of been our dialogue now since we started our, our Friday conversation. And you know, part of why it's really important to have somebody from the mental health side, somebody from the fitness health side, and somebody from the nutrition health side in this dialogue is because it, is, it does take all sides of the equation to, uh, to achieve immune health. So, and, Unfortunately, historically, we've been taught that immune health is more of a, a physical, just a body thing, and that it has nothing at all, in fact, to do with our mental health. And of course, we know that to be utterly false. What I'm seeing now, and it's, I was, beginning of the week, I was seeing it, hearing about it. Now I've gotten through the full week seven, uh, and I'm seeing stress evidence everywhere I look. And I'm watching the news, although I only let myself watch about an hour a day, because you know how I can get with the news. <laughs> and I'm feeling that it's so polarized right now. There's such a heated political climate that is uh, interestingly serving as the backdrop for this much larger pandemic, horrific global pandemic, where the body count's just going up. And... Um, we're well over, I think now, 300,000 cases in New York, which if you look at the rest of the country, it's an unfathomable number. We are, we are winning the race by quite a, quite a landslide <laughs> you know, victory here. And so it's, it's a really, what we're seeing is, is people lashing out at each other, entitled to this anger, entitled to try to force other people to behave in a way that they think will make them feel better. So it is the ultimate victim mentality. At Mind Movement, we talk about the victim mentality all the time. And it's not for us, it's not just about, uh, you know, poor me, that's not how we intend to use it at all. In fact, it's the opposite. It's thinking that in order for me to be happy, I have no other recourse but to control the circumstances of my life that that's where my power is. My power is physically manipulating the circumstances. So if I'm in a relationship with someone who drinks too much or with someone who doesn't put down the toilet seat, I can't be happy until I apply enough force on them to stop their behavior. And the thinking is, well, when they stop, I'll be fine. And of course, and this is true with not just that. So now fast forward to today and what we're seeing is, uh, the most disturbing thing I've heard so far was a neighbor somewhere else in a apartment building, knowing that this person was a uh, you know a hospital employee, 
writing and leaving notes under the door, trying to say, you know, uh, advising them on what to do to not spread it throughout the building. Now, when I heard that, I was filled with a sense of just, it hurt me, physically hurt me, because I realized that this person is sitting in their apartment, perseverating on the fact that somewhere else in the building, not even on their floor, there's a hospital person who could bring it in. I mean, there's nothing more distressing, you know, to me than hearing that this is what's happening and we're seeing it everywhere. We're seeing people outside my window laying on the horn during our roundtable conversations, <laughs> screaming, right? Screaming like at, at, at somebody for not moving fast enough. And I keep thinking, well, where, where are you going that you gotta get there so quickly, you know? And you're, you're so incensed, this jackass won't move. I mean, the guy was screaming out the window. So, you know, it's everywhere, it's everywhere. And I'm sure we're all seeing it in, in whatever forms. So it's striking to me that what we don't know is that more than probably almost anything else that we could do to ourselves or anything we could eat or consume or, you know, physically, whether we're talking about exercise, all of that is going to pale in comparison to allowing our minds to run amok during this time. And it strikes me that, you know, everyone's used to hearing me say stress relief, stress relief, stress relief, which is, you know, of course, that's what I'm gonna say. But I thought that it would be really helpful not to hear that from me as predicted, but to hear that from you as you know, uh, professionals in other realms who work with people on different things besides just mental health to help people understand why this is so important and why it's so important right now. Okay. I, I, I'll take it, I'll start. Um... You know, just throughout experience, right, in terms of fitness and exercise and, and movement, working with clients. So, you know, throughout my past, seeing clients come in and they've already participated in the majority of their day. Sometimes it's the early morning, so they're just getting their day started. Sometimes it's late at night, right? So there's a plethora of things that could have gone wrong or right throughout their day, depending on um, how it went. So when they come in and I see them, almost instantaneously, right, immediately after training and after practice and after experience with those people, you can see what they're carrying and what they're bringing mm. to their sessions, right? Physically, mentally, emotionally, just gauging by how open they are to discuss their day or where their focus goes, um, depending on how well their day went, right? So mm. one factor in that is just like, being able to take that pause and take a second. So as coaches and um, teachers, we try to develop a plan or um, shed light on a path, um, spreading awareness saying, okay, wait a minute, this is how you're entering. So take for instance, a conversation between two people that may be walking down the street, right? As you mentioned, Sam is becoming very, very <laughs> volatile, right? And it's becoming very um, dismissive and there's a lot of heat and anger there. But if people aren't even able to acknowledge that they're coming into a situation with that stress, with whatever baggage that they brought in for the day, uh, they're not going to be able to even get out of it or, or affect change the way they probably want to. Mm -hmm. Like I mentioned, I heard you mention, I'd rather be happy than right. <laughs> mm -hmm. Right. So 
um, just going back to what I initially was talking about, when a person comes in to see me for a training session, if our plan is to do some high intensity interval training, or we're going to upregulate the nervous system, meaning we're going to do a lot of um, neural demanding exercises, a lot of strength, a lot of stress on the body, and they come in wired up, and they come in where it's you can almost see the stress on them, on their on their persona, right? It's going to do more harm than good for that day. So. You know, as a coach, we have that awareness, but the, the, the primary thing that I think is so important is for people to take that pause, like just take a step back first and foremost. So as a coach, what I would say is, okay, today we're going to start our session a little bit differently. We're going to go through the first 10, 15 minutes a little bit differently than what we had planned. And that's okay because the productive work that will be accomplished is far more important than us being right and sticking to that that mm. no, we have to do it this way. This is the only way that we can accomplish what we're here to do today. Mm. Um, so, I mean, I don't know if that really answers any other questions, but it was just something that I had been thinking about because um, I'm also seeing it now too, not just intrapersonally, but also like on social media. Um, and I'm in a place now where I'm spending time with a different group of people, right? So there's other boundaries mm. there that now you have to have to work with and, and respect and also communicate, right? So um, it, I don't know if that's really an answer uh, mm -hmm. to a question. I don't really know if that's like a, a theory or, mm -hmm. or, or just an insight, um, but it's something I'm important because we talk about awareness so much and we talk about how do I manage stress? Well, the first thing is just, you have to be aware that when you're entering in a, in a conversation or you are entering an interaction that, you are entering in with some dissonance and you have to be present because otherwise, like you said, it's just going to become more of the, the same thing. Mm -hmm. So um, just one observation, working with people, seeing them come into me and then also how can we affect that change? And then by the end of the session, now you're leaving in the state that is productive or it's going to be beneficial to your health, not more destructive or, mm -hmm. or more of the same. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Morton, I want you to take that too. But I think one thing I just want people to understand about this conversation, all healing at the body level happens in rest. Yesterday, my, my dog went to the vet uh, to get just like a shot, but she's two and a half pounds. So she got, you know, whatever vaccine. And when I tell you she was laid out, she was laid out, like just passed the F out. And I went to pick her up and she's... I thought they broke her arm. I was like, oh my God, my dog is dead, you know, because she's so little. Um, but I thought I was struck with like, she wasn't fighting it. It wasn't like, oh, I better get up and go clean the house. Oh no, I got so much to do. I better get up and get this work done. She was laid out. Mm. And, it, and, and you know what? Eight hours later, she was totally back to normal. And it struck me here. This is the conversation. All healing happens in rest. And in humans, as the only species, that can you know um, create a body reaction with thought alone. Like my dog is just all on instinct, so she's not. Oh my god, you know, worrying about. Oh my god, the COVID, the virus is going to kill me. The virus is going to kill me. The virus is going. Virus is going to kill my mom. Virus is going to kill. You know, she's not doing that. She can't do that. So she just laid out. That's it. Her body said shut down. But human beings, we fight it, fight it, fight it, fight it, fight it, and we create anxiety even when when our body is saying shut it down and then we don't heal and that is the critical component here right healing only happens in down regulation when the sympathetic nervous system is 
when the parasympathetic nervous system is active and the sympathetic nervous system is shut down. So, sorry. Exactly. <laughs> That's exactly right. And um, how do you even realize that when you're caught up in stress and anxiety mm -hmm. and everything, right? Um, which comes back to what Justin was saying. It's all about creating awareness and, you know, getting into the present moment to create that awareness, um, which is incredibly difficult. And for me and now, when I, obviously I've practiced this for many, many years, um, and it's still difficult, particularly um, during these times. But for me right now, when I feel myself get into, you know, that kind of stress, stressed out situation or whatever, I go for a run. And instantly, within two minutes on the, of being on a run, I just I feel my mind clearing. Mm -hmm. um, I feel a lot more relaxed, even though I'm working out. Mm -hmm. um, and it's just it it creates this freedom for me to think clearly and and honestly, like when I'm running, it's when I get all my ideas. It's when I become creative, mm -hmm. um, and I know that now. But it's taken me years to get to that point. Um, you know, seven years ago or eight years ago, when I was at the height of my anxiety, um, there was no way I knew that. Um, and I, I just, you know, I, I never went, I wasn't even running at the time. I wasn't even exercising. Mm -hmm. But the first thing I did back then was um, I created a meditation routine, which is, you know, you know, like you always say, it's the best way to become present and to start mm -hmm. to become aware. But at the time when I started that meditation practice, it was not easy. Mm -hmm. And, you know, the first, I think the first thing I ever used was Headspace. Mm -hmm. Great. Um, and it worked for a while. And then I got tired of listening to that same person. Mm -hmm. um, then I tried a different one, um, which worked for a while. And then I didn't like that anymore. And then I actually went to do a, uh, a transcendental meditation course which was incredible and that really uh worked over a couple of years but you know this was a period of what three to four years and that's how long it took for me to actually even start to just become a little bit more aware of what was going on yeah um yeah so you know that's that's just for me those were the two best uh you know techniques that i used to um to get over just to become more aware and become less stressed mm -hmm. but then when we're talking about nutrition you know I'm, i specialize in nutrition now and you know when when people talk about a nutrition coach they think only about food and nutrition but even as a nutrition coach you coach everything it's not just about food it's about sleep it's about um you know, awareness is about meditation, mindfulness, all that kind of stuff. You, you cannot, um, actually, I had a conversation with Gordon yesterday about um, his back issues. Because, uh, you know, he has some back issues. So he's going to see someone about getting that fixed. And she is incredible, as you know. Um, mm -hmm. And um, she doesn't just, you know, fix the physical or work on the physical. It's a whole body thing which it doesn't matter what in what what field you specialize in you have to be able to coach the whole person that's called well, i call it deep health 
because it, it you know it's the, it's everything mm -hmm. and it's the only way to heal everything uh, you know mm -hmm. it's the only way to get to the bottom of what's going on because otherwise you're just you know healing or fixing the symptoms rather than the actual cause of the problem that's right yeah it's, tr it's tragic right because where do we go when we have a health problem to a medical professional who does you know might tell you you should work on your diet or hand you a pack you know a piece of paper that tells you what you should be eating but generally speaking that's not the job of a medical doctor and so it's rare that you're going to go to a doctor and they're going to spend a lot of quality time with you going over the you know this whole body whole mind stuff so we still don't understand that um, each part of us is connected to every other part and that the mind is the governor of the whole thing not uh you know not in a metaphoric way in a very mm -hmm. literal way when you talked about running the first thought so this is how i think you said run i said endorphins so he's actively that's what you're you're moving on the encephalage moving on the endorphins bodies being flooded and for you it's an, it it works to let you be present get in the zone and then get that creative flow it mm. that's for you it may not do that for me or it might but that's a physiological condition however so is meditation so is not activating thought and so is obsessive fear thought those types of thought now we're really lowering the amount of dopamine we're upping the amount of serotonin we're creating cortisol that is pumping through the veins which is creating inflammation which is creating all kinds of dysregulation in every aspect of the organ system people don't understand that and so they don't know that it's the worrying that is causing probably 90 percent of what they're experiencing physically and it's a horrible tragic tragedy really it's horrible yeah yeah, and one and one thing that I hear right when when Martin was speaking is um, that okay I can go running so therefore that means that I don't have to give all of my attention and focus to the current situation and the current climate whether it be politically whether it be the overall health um, whether it be a worldview or a, a micro view right I don't have to give my focus to those things now this is also saying that okay, yes, it's stressful, right? We all agree that it's a stressful situation. And, mm -hmm. and when you see it, it is stressful. And so somebody may think, oh, how can I not look, right? How, how can I not look? It's a disservice for me not to pay attention and not to be um, educated on the situation. Um, fair enough, right? And, and stress is an important response in the body. But as you're talking about, if I send all of my focus to that on a consistent basis, then I'm only gonna get more of the same. And as we know, that doesn't allow much room for me to build awareness because when I'm in it, I'm in it. I can't see that I'm in it until I step out of it. And what Morton's saying about meditation, and this is the, the thing that I think a lot of people get confused. We know that there's tons of different types of meditation, right? So it's like when we say meditation, a person automatically thinks, oh no, I can't stop thinking. I can't think about nothing, right? <laughs> Not uh -huh. that I can't, I can't sit. Not, yeah. yeah, I can't sit still and not think. Right? Well, this is not also the purpose of meditation. The purpose is, as far as we understand it, as far as I've used it, is using it in those times where you are able to step away from your current situation and how you're responding. Just like, don't send that email before you read it. Right? <laughs> read the email. Okay, I'm scathing. I'm angry. I'm pissed off. I got to send this email right now. Take a step back, read the email, make sure it's something that actually 
makes sense to you and you truly feel if you still feel it send it but more than likely right we step away and we say okay that was a little irrational right that was i was a little bit intense there maybe i was operating through a filter of fear or stress or anxiety whatever it may be so when i hear martin saying hey i'm going for a run or the the tools pulling out the tool out of my toolkit um it's great that we have these tools and like Morin also said, the awareness, you got to also practice the awareness so that every time you need that tool, it's like a light switch. It's like, oh, a check engine. Wait a minute. Something's off. Let me pull out this tool. Something's off. Let me pull out this tool. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So last night, uh, I, I mentioned this on the addiction workshop webinar, the the, there's a uh, the head of psychology out of Clemson University did a study and he found that um, we complain on average about one time per sentence in a conversation. So if you and, and here's the thing, you know, we think that that's what our relationships are about. Like I should call you and unload. Oh my God, you're not going to believe this asshole to me today. You know, so not only do we live it the first time, but then we relive it and we relive it. And what we don't know, what we don't realize, as you already mentioned just now, Justin, you're wiring in your responses so that they become automatic. And so the brain is like an, like a billions of super highway system where the more that you go down a certain highway, the more well paved it is. So if you're, you know, always over on the side of your brain that's operating around fear and stress and what's wrong with the world and what's wrong with humanity and what you don't have control over, it's that that superhighway is just getting bigger and bigger and bigger and more well paved. So all of those you know, old wires where there was like happiness as a child or, you know, imagination and fun and silliness. You talk a lot about this having fun again in movement, you know, is kind of just like, it's like a forest now, you know, mm -hmm. like the, the, the wildlife has moved back in. And, and that's the tragedy here. People don't realize that they're doing that with every single place they put their attention. And then when it's entitled, like you said, we have this, how could I not pay attention? I have to know how, what the numbers are, where the curve is, you know, can you believe our president or whatever? Can you believe the Democrats, whatever your belief is? But when it's life and death, naturally, we, we, we throw away our common sense because number one, that's a physical thing. The body, as you guys are very well aware, takes over the mind when we're scared so that we survive. And so, so number one, if we don't check that response, if we don't calm ourselves down, if we're not taking responsibility for the nervous system during this time, then what's gonna happen is the nervous system is gonna take over the mind. And that's why you, you wake up and you're like, oh my God, oh my God, you know, the uncertainty, what's gonna, what is it gonna be like when we go back? When are we going back? Watching the news the moment you wake up, watching the news. I mean, I know people that just leave the news on all day long and, mm -hmm all they do is put it on and then mm -hmm. complain or comment out loud to the TV. Oh God, you know, like whatever. <laughs> and I know that, I know I did that for years and had to go on news blackout for years because of it. So, but when we get pulled into that entitled anger because we're afraid, that's when I tell you this is dangerous. I mean, it's dangerous physically. We're not just, this isn't like a metaphor. You're, it's physically making you unwell and can kill you. <laughs> Right. So yeah. when we talk about freedom, 
like you said, Justin, our freedom is in what we give our attention to. That's the point of control. You can't control what Donald Trump does, but you certainly can control what you decide to look at. Yeah. And, and just before Morton maybe goes, just to add to that, like it's important to experience these things as well, right? Like going through a process of experiencing what it's like to try to apply one of these tools in those situations. Um, because other than that, it's just like hearing three talking heads on a, on a, a computer telling you how great all this stuff can be if you just practice and try it. But um, until you actually utilize a tool and say, okay, let me go through a trial and error. Let me go through the experience of trying to see what this is. Just like with nutrition, you know, there's no one size fits all, right? We can't just be like, nope, everybody, low carb diet works for all of us. <laughs> Right, it's going to be perfect. <laughs> so you have to go through a, a process of experiencing what it's like to try to use these tools and be open to it. Because if where you're at is upsetting you and it's making things worse and you're breaking out of rashes and your eczema is flaring up and you don't understand why. And it's like, oh my God, well, if I ask you, is there any added stress you can think of? Oh no, not at all. Like I feel fine. I'm using my cream and you know, all these sorts of things, but like, wait a minute for a second, you know, just take that pause, take a second and try to implement the strategy so that you can experience maybe some relief. And, and within that space is like, oh, there's validity here, right? It's like, no, there's validity for me to actually do this That's right. <laughs> and use this. Yeah. Yeah. And, but the, oh, I think I can hear myself a lot. Uh. <laughs> Yeah, that might happen more and that happens. Okay. Sometimes no, I, just... One of the problems is it's, it's, um, it's such a slow process that starts, you know, so many when you're young and mm. um, it just builds year on year on year and you don't even know it's happening. It's such a gradual process that you don't even realize what's going on until one day you wake up and you think, whoa what just happened i have not i mean it happened to me right i've been through that whole process i was never really in control of my inner uh voice or any of that i just followed along what was happening and kept reacting to absolutely everything that happened around me and um you know it just one day i just woke up and it just bang panic attacking and anxiety and the, what's going on here and then you're forced to listen to what's going on. And um, mm -hmm. it can be a bit scary. And like I was saying earlier, you know, for me, it started with meditation, but at the time um, I, was, I was one of those people who said, there's no way I can meditate because I cannot block out all the thoughts that are coming into my head mm -hmm. until I realized, you know, you're not supposed to block them out. You just, you know, let them come and go as they, please and just try and try and stay focused on what you're what you want to focus on mm -hmm. and and some conversations i've had with a lot of friends recently is i had a conversation with my best friend about meditation and he's he was the same as me he was like i can never meditate because it's you know first of all it's just to him it's like that's what they do in india and asia and where they sit in a weird positions and you know i can never do that that's that's not for me. Um, and then he was telling me about his ex uh, experiment where he, he was lying down on his bed, put some music on, closed his eyes, and his mind just went, yeah. blank. 
And I'm like, amazing. <laughs> that's like, that's meditation. It doesn't matter. It doesn't have to be sitting on a stool, you know, in a weird position. If you're lying down, listening to music that you like, and you, you just start dreaming all these wonderful dreams, you're meditating. You're doing an amazing job. Just keep doing that. Mm. Um, so well said. Yeah. That's really funny. What a good story. Yeah. <laughs> well, and that's the whole thing. I mean, that's what the premise of mind movement really began as, you know, Justin and I talked about this and certainly have, this is, this is what it's all about for us was working, especially with younger people who we know are not going to meditate, you know, for many reasons. And so rather than trying to use force and convince somebody, maybe they're more, maybe they are motivated to work out and get a, a six pack. Maybe they are motivated to just, or not, maybe they just, they like yoga or they feel good when they're, um, especially for our, athlete, our athletic people, those that did play a lot of sports when they were younger. For that group, you know, we know that mindful movement is what works for them. And so we said, okay, you're not going to just sit because that's not, quote, you. And it is for all those people over there what we did was we said, okay, but it's movement. It's when the body gets involved, when the body and mind are aligned in this moment, moving around one goal in a yoga situation, maybe that's an asana. So doing a down dog position, you know, listening to the teacher, letting them guide you, but not everybody wants to do yoga. So we said, all right, well, what's this? Let's do this mindfully. Let's do the movement mindfully. And it can be anything. It can be anything from you know, very beginner person who has no fitness background at all and has never really moved on purpose in their lives, or it can be for the most advanced athlete. It's really just about bringing your mind and body into the same place at the same time and being willing to let go of the past and the future for that time. That's really all it is. And that's what the whole premise was. We're not going to get everybody to meditate because that's just not going to happen. But people are motivated to get skinny or to get a six pack, you know, so we're a vain culture. Great. Let's leverage that to the nines and help people, you know, use that to also use it as a way to relieve stress and manage their mental health. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and so, so huge too, because like, you know, some of the, some of the clients that we've worked with, um, it wasn't like you said, okay, you have to do it this way in order to get the results that you want. We took an approach of, hey, you like basketball? Let's go play basketball, but let's do so intentionally, right? So let's build focus, let's build concentration, even the process of going through shooting free throws with repetition, bringing your attention back into what you're doing. By the end of these sessions, I mean, clients are completely different people. You know, it's unfortunate that sometimes the process can't go long enough, but if you take somebody who is very sick and you put them on a bicycle, they start riding a bike, get sweating, then you put a basketball in their hands, something that they love to do um, throughout their whole life and very good at it, all right? And then they come out and start shooting basketball and then you finish the workout with, you know, um, some aerobics of some sort. Again, get the neurotransmitters that we talk about, all the hormonal releases that we talk about. Now, all of a sudden, it's a completely different person, but it wasn't that they had to do it one way. It was, what do you find that, what do you, find that you like? What brings you joy? Um, this is also a kinesthetic learner, right? So any kind of movement was going to be perfect for this person. Mm -hmm. um, and you notice immediate results. 
right? It's almost instantaneous results um, because it starts with something that you wanted to do. So when you're talking about motivation, right? If, you, if I don't want to do sit-ups, it doesn't matter how many different ways you try to convince me to do sit-ups. I'm just not going to do them, right? I just, I don't want to do them. I don't care. I want the six-pack, but I don't want to do sit-ups. So mm-hmm. help me out here, right? And mm-hmm. even that resistance is just going to, you're never going to get anywhere because it's met with resistance from the start. That's so. That's a really good point. Yeah, and I think that's the tragedy of all of it. Like, we just we we don't understand. First of all, we very rarely let joy be our guide. It's all what we think we should do. Well, I should go to the gym. You know, that's what I should do. That's what I've been taught. I should do. I should do this. I should do that. Basketball is not a real workout, which is obviously ridiculous. <laughs> you know, but. It is really like, as you said, it's all about, first off, it's individualized, but it's all about alignment. It's my, you know, meditation is less about sitting and not thinking and it's about alignment. It's, it's about being aware and being intentional about how we're using our mind and our body. And that's, that's all it is. It's just letting go of having to obsessively try to control using physical force. And that's what we're seeing now. So you know, it, it really is what people don't know is most, most of the time, most people are totally unaware. They think life, they think, you know, it's totally normal to wake up and every second of every day be reacting. So whatever gets placed in front of them, I'm either reacting to that, but really what I'm reacting to is what's going on in here. So if I wake up and I start thinking about, you know, my ex-husband and I'm thinking about it and, you know, I should have done this differently and I can't believe now my mood is shoddy. I'm stressed out. My daughter, six, comes in. Mommy, mommy, I want you. You know, what do I do? I, Penelope, I need a minute. <laughs> because I'm off in wherever land thinking about, oh, putting myself down for having not, you know, executed perfectly something that happened 10 years ago, which is, you know, people still do that, which is unbelievable to me. So, right. Or... Or I'm wake up and I'm enti- I think I'm entitled because of what's going on right now. Maybe I did just lose my business. Maybe I am having trouble feeding my kids. So of course I'm stressed and of course I'm, you know, what am I going to do and how am I going to do it? And what am I going to do and how am I going to do it? What I don't realize is that the idea place where we generate ideas and answers, the place where you are going to come up with the answer to how to feed your kids, with the answer to how to, you know, make your business thrive when this is all said and done, the answer they all lie in a less activated state, not in a more activated state. Mm-hmm. So if mm-hmm. we can calm down, and everybody kind of knows this, it's like, okay, guys, what do, what do we do? You're in a business meeting, you're in a, or even just on a phone call with your friend, what are you gonna prompt them to do? Okay, let's calm down, take a deep breath. <laughs> okay, now what? Now we can think a little bit more clearly. So we kind of know to do this intuitively and yet we throw it all out the window because you know we're scared or because we started thinking about something that we think we have to keep thinking about. You know, uh so yeah. it's nutty. It is nutty and it goes back to what you were saying. It's it's very um it's very individualized and it's um uh, you know, it, it, because people see all these things that they should do, that they think they should do, but it's, but it has to be individualized. You have to figure out what it is that you like. I mean, for some people, it's playing the piano and, mm-hmm. you know, they go into a separate world and that's amazing. For some people, it's knitting. You know, yeah. if that's where you need to start, that's where you start. And that's why you create awareness because people who like knitting just sit there and they do it without even thinking of, thinking of, 
what they're doing. It just happens. Mm -hmm. And that's where you can create space for, um, uh, you know, for creativity and for, you know, figuring out what's, what's going on, what you mm -hmm. want mm -hmm. and creating that alignment within you. Yeah. Our responsibility, I think, Warren, that's a great point. It's, it's about, you know, moving in the direction of what feels good, but it's mm -hmm. really about letting go of what it, we're obsessing about too. It's being willing to let it go. You know, um, if you suffer a breakup, you know, every time that's ever happened in my life, my tendency had been, let me just obsess about this until I have obsessed about it so much that I, you know, no longer can obsess at that level. But that can go on in some people's lives for years. You know, mm -hmm. let's say someone cheats on you. You know, luckily that's not been my personal experience, but let's say that has. It's an injustice. So now I think about it every day. How could they do this to me? How could they do this to me? How could they do this to me? Well, if you do that, as I said, it's all wiring. You know, so you're wiring into the nervous system negative emotion, feeling like a victim. And that's, I think, the most important message that I want to get to people today is you can victimize yourself. So, and when we think we don't have power, like in the case with COVID, you know, we think we don't and we don't. We cannot control a, you know, pandemic. We just can't. But so then the question is, well, what can I control? Because if I start to put my focus and attention on what I can control instead of over obsessing about what I can't, now I start to get that feeling of empowerment back. And maybe it does mean going out into my driveway and playing basketball if I have that ability. Maybe it does mean just get, you know, taking a, a lapse around the block, walking around the block, even if it takes me two hours because I don't have great mobility. Whatever it is, just you know, trying to get some power back but doing it by controlling what I absolutely do have control over, not by trying to point out to my partner what, a, you know, what he does wrong or what they do wrong, and not by trying to control everybody else's reaction to this pandemic, because you will lose that battle and you will also drive yourself insane in that experience, in the process. Yeah. I, I think, like you said, Sam, like trying to look for the answers, like what's the right answer? What should I do about this? When should I do about this? What should I, well, what people don't really know about what meditation does or what exercise does or what a healthy diet does for you right. is it makes those connections <laughs> intrinsically, right? So what we see with the research, at least doing brain scans of people meditating so far as we see, it, it lights up all different components of the brain different parts of the brain are operating at the same time that normally when you're conscious or you're doing something actively, they're not, right? So it's bridging a lot of those gaps. It's building those connections and giving you the answers, but it's happening because you're allowing the rest and digest to occur. You're allowing the regenerative process to occur. You're allowing everything to slow down. And so now like that filter we talk about, I see everything through a fear filter. Well, now I've given myself the space to say, a little bit more clarity. Now I see a different filter. Maybe there's different possibilities and different outcomes that could come from that now. Um, right? Instead of being stressed out about a certain circumstance, okay, well, yeah, it sucks, but maybe I'm going to get my precision nutrition certification now instead and, mm -hmm. and put my attention there because I love what Morton does and I love what Sydney does. So, right, and, and it inspires me to maybe offer more value. Right, for myself, but also for people around me. So mm -hmm. huge, huge, important thing. And, and it's, it's, it's like a paradox, right? It's like people are looking for answers always, always, always outside of themselves when if they would take some of these tools and just start applying them, maybe they get those answers. They just stumble upon them. 
right? It's just like, oh, I tripped over something. What's that? <laughs> you know, yeah, let me yeah. observe it. And like Morn said, I'm not, you know, I'm not trying to stop these things. I'm just observing them and, and taking into account, okay, well, how does this make me feel? Is it serving me? <laughs> is it serving me or is it hindering my ability to function? Um, which in, if we're talking about immunity, it's probably a pretty drastic effect on, on your immune health and also your motivation. Mm -hmm. do anything it's funny yeah. you mentioned earlier Justin eczema because mm -hmm. a friend of mine actually is, is that's what she's going through she texted me that her eczema is worse than it's ever been and she's tried everything every cream every whatever every, every food you know she's went through all the allergy lists I mean you know and she's like maybe maybe you're right <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it is mental, uh, and so, and, but still won't, still won't do meditation. And 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 I realize we get addicted to to stress. It's very addictive. That upregulated nervous system, that maxed out anxiety state, is also a state of addiction. And so we don't want to stop. What do you mean stop and lay down and listen to music? I can't do that. I've got all this stuff I got to do. I got to do this. I got to do that. I got to do this. So we don't, we don't, we don't realize that it's. Um, it's super, it's the answer to everything. And yet we don't make time for it because we're actually addicted to that insanity. Yeah, it's, it's all the chemicals that flood your system. Of course, of course we're addicted to it. And it's honestly something I've only just learned recently, uh, like, or embodied recently. I've only, you know, feel it in my body now. Mm -hmm. uh properly uh it's it's so such an incredibly empowering feeling to know what used to happen and then still trying to avoid it <laughs> um you know in everyday life um and also mm -hmm. the that's part of the reason why this is such a slow process right because um and why you you just you have to take everything one tiny little step at a time um, because it's so powerful. Those chemicals are incredibly powerful. And if you try and do everything at the same time, you know, trying to get mindful, I'm trying to eat healthy, I'm trying to exercise. Do those three things at the same time and you have given up by tomorrow because mm. it's just overwhelming. Just one thing is, can be overwhelming and doing all three is, you know, we all know it's, it's way too hard. Mm -hmm. Yeah, which, which is, you know, it's, it's not a shame, right? Because we have, to, we have to embrace the fact that everybody's different and everybody learns differently. But, you know, the one thing is that we forget or, or most of us just maybe don't know what optimal health looks like or feels like, right? Mm -hmm. we, have, we have no um, no knowledge of it. We don't have any experience with it. We've been brought up maybe in a culture or a society that doesn't support some of those behavior, behavior change or the, the habits to health you maintain that health and wellness. Um, like 2,000, 10,000 years ago, right? Even maybe 400 years ago, right? food was growing out of the ground. People were moving on a daily basis. They were interacting with their community. They were helping their community. Everybody was bartering, right? You were contributing, you had connections, you had all of these things. But now people forget that that's where we come from. And we've spent a very, very long time. There's a long history stored in our bodies and in our systems of how to do those things well. And unfortunately, we just don't know what those optimal health 
things feel like. So yeah, Morin, I agree with you 100% right now. It's like, I got to break up this thing that is already a complete package and say, okay, well, we have all these intruders, these fear intruders, these stressors coming in that maybe weren't there on a regular basis every second of every day. Right? And now I have to break it up into pieces and I can only send my attention to focus on one thing because I'm bombarded so much. It's like just an unfair ratio of my ability mm-hmm. to create some kind of change versus all the things that are coming at me at the same time. That's so true. Yeah. yeah. And, and then sometimes... Um, you wake up one morning and you've just had enough and you have so much motivation and you're just ready to go. And then you just feel like you can take on everything and it's, you know, it's going to be a dream. It's going to be so easy. I can do everything. And then three hours later, you know, overwhelmed. Uh, what am I doing? I, there's no way I can do this stress, anxiety, like, and it all comes back and it, and, I can't tell you how many times that's happened to me in the past. And, you know, it's, it's just overwhelming. Mm-hmm. And, and also information overload. <laughs> just like, yeah. how many different resources can I look at to try to find a conclusion? <laughs> it's like, no, I got to check 20 different um, health and wellness websites before I discover that a carbohydrate is this and, you know, a, a protein is this, a macro and a micro, right? So it's like, there's so much information and, Naturally, we're in a society that is um, economically driven and right? financially driven. And so, of course, I'm going to give you whatever I think you'll respond to and buy into. And without maybe knowing or learning enough about myself fundamentally or getting a second opinion or going to talk to my doctor, what, can, what should be the route for me? We, we just make this decision either based off of this information that's coming at me or we don't make a decision at all. Mm-hmm. Right? we don't choose at all and and i know sam you talk a lot about that right and i think earlier this week or maybe nikki had mentioned it or you guys were discussing it's just the worst place to be in limbo yeah. <laughs> kind of. yeah that was my biggest that was my biggest complaint and biggest fear and how really all of this started for me was feeling like i didn't i couldn't find my path in life and being really afraid that I wouldn't find my path, which is sort of silly, but at the time it was legitimate. I mean, it was, it, is, it isn't silly, it was completely legitimate like, because I was drowning myself out with substance abuse. So to the point where I couldn't get the answers I wanted, like you said, you know, um, one thing people don't know about meditation is it does light up, that, that alignment place does light up uh, the entire brain in, in, a, in a way where um, we do have access to superhighways in the brain we did not have access to before. And because, you know, Morin, that was really well said. You know, you wake up, you were in a lot of pain yesterday. So you wake up today, you made a to-do list last night. I'm going to go shopping for all new, I'm going to go to the health food store. I'm going to get everything. I'm going to, and I'm going to go take all these vitamins. And, you know, we try to do it all. I'm going to go for a jog at 5 a.m. And what we don't realize is thoughts are state dependent. They're mood dependent. So, when I was in pain and I made that list, that felt like the right decision. But when I'm not, the next day I wake up and I'm not in pain and I feel okay. Wow, I was being crazy yesterday. That's silly. You know, I'm gonna go get my Fruit Loops. Forget it. You know, like that was silly. So you have to also be aware that like your mood is what drives thought, and that's really important. So if if you want to know what's the easiest way to health and wellness, manage your mood and then your thoughts will naturally shift in your favor. 
it, it just to add to that it made me think of something right like when when I go from that place of okay all these things I feel terrible okay I'm gonna make my list and now I feel better the next day what I'm gonna think and assume is that oh making a list of what I need to do will also help me feel better right and we talk about it sometimes right making a list of making a list <laughs> I have to make a <laughs> list <laughs> my list <laughs> that's amazing oh yes i know people love their lists <laughs> they do. And, and and it is helpful but in that scenario now all of a sudden i think my relief came from just making a list right and it's like okay well next time that i feel terrible or i wake up and i feel bad i'm just going to make a list of the things that i should be doing or i think i should be doing and everything will be okay after that <laughs> Right. With, but, without the ability to take a step into that list, right? Just pick one thing and focus on it. That's right, right. Change only happens one way. And the tragedy is most people are unaware of the, what change means and why it's so hard. It's so hard because we have to build a new highway system in the brain for that thing that we do not have. And, you know, we try to, <laughs> I never forget the list days. And they're like, if I can just think about this hard enough, then the answers will come. And of course, you can't generate something that doesn't exist. And so I was never going to be able to do that because there was no superhighway for that. I had to go make that highway system. And so if I've never really practiced any form of stress relief, except for maybe drink a couple of glasses of wine or something, then what I have to figure out how to do is step into this moment and make a different choice and then repeat, repeat, repeat. So if I am going to try to, you know, adopt one new habit, then the way to do that is just make it simple enough so that when you get to that moment of overwhelm, I don't know what to do because I've never done this before, that you can, number one, execute at that moment. So know what you're going to do, know what that first step is going to be. If it's going to be, um, you know, having recipes already established for changing some nutrition health, at least know what you're going to eat for one day. Otherwise you get to the kitchen, you don't know what to eat that's healthy. You're not going to eat healthy. You're going to grab for what you've always grabbed for. So understanding the way that the brain works too, you're always going to default to what you, the old system, if there is no new thing to walk mm -hmm. towards. And then sometimes we try to just give everything up, but if you don't have any idea where you're headed, you can't do that. You're just gonna default to the old circuitry. So understanding that change only happens one way. You have to step into this moment and make a different decision than you've ever made before. And that can only happen if we're prepared for that moment. Exactly, and then when you actually get to that point, when you start to make um, that change or when you start to, uh, repeat whatever exercise it is that you do every day. Sometimes uh, you realize, okay, that didn't really work. What now? Mm. Well, you know, you made it too hard for yourself. Make it even simpler. Mm -hmm. um, or try a different thing that's just just a little bit simpler. So if it's, you know, if it's if it's a recipe, um, <clears throat> excuse me. Um, instead of trying to build a recipe, just Go to the store, buy one piece of vegetable. Mm -hmm. That's it. Just do that. If you can do that mm -hmm. five days in a row, you know, that's a good start. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You make it even easier. For me, I have, I, I have one of those food services. So they 
you know, you can, there's all kinds, there's Blue Apron, there's Sun Basket, there's, um, I forget the third one. And I've used them all and I've used them all be, to try them, but also mm -hmm. because I, I can't deal with, I don't have the time to, or the resources to go make lists, go check recipes, go to the store. That's just not realistic for me. So I made it even easier. I just basically, you know, I'm spending the same amount of money pretty much to have that, that have that service as I would to go buy those ingredients myself at the store and then have to figure out how to make it. So simplifying is really important. Like being realistic about what you are really going to do and what you're really not going to do is an important part of the deal. And it doesn't have to be an expensive thing either. It's just right. Like trying to figure out like being very, very honest is a really important part of this because truth is I'm not getting up at 4:30 in the morning starting tomorrow and I'm going to run every day. But and even with meditation like even for me because I'm when I wake up I want to start I want to get going so I couldn't meditate in the morning. I just didn't want to. And so what did I do instead? I started listening to motivational speakers when I was getting ready because that I could do. It was easy. Just put it on, put my earbuds in and get ready. But that made an enormous difference. It was like life-changing. And so I didn't have to meditate in the morning. I could do that because it was really easy and I could wait and do the meditation later in the day when it was more constructive or conducive to realistically happening. Yeah, yeah. One thing, one thing I really hear you guys saying is, um, is it's, it doesn't have to be all or nothing, right? It's like, yes, okay, all or nothing in my commitment. Either I commit to it or I don't. That's fine, 100%. But once I commit to it, it doesn't have to be. And Morton, you know this, right, from what you do, all or nothing diet, okay? Either I do it well 100% of the time or I failed, and therefore I can't keep going, you know? So you'll see this, right? Oh, three days into my diet, all of a sudden I fail and I screwed up. So therefore it's all a wash and I, I just won't even participate in the diet anymore. I'll go back to my old ways, my old habits because that felt comfortable or it was just familiar. And, and so it doesn't have to be that all or nothing to, to Morton's point or to your point, Sam, is just take one thing and, and make a step in that direction. And we know with the learning cycle, how you have to solidify that those pathways in that learning is by doing that trial and error, experimenting. Yes, think about it, not compulsively, think about it, and then actually try to gain some insight into how you can apply that knowledge to your, to your life directly. Um, instead of perseverating on the stressful stuff, think about the things that, all right, I read something, let me think about it, let me internalize it, let me go through that, let me try it out. Either it works or it doesn't. All right, closes a learning a learning uh, uh, cycle. Okay, so now I can it, it integrates, which we talk about all the time. It, it'll finally integrate into what I'm doing, so it becomes autonomous. Right, like riding a bike. Right. <laughs> that, you know, like that was a, a very long way and more detailed way of saying like riding a bike. <laughs> right. Um, so you know, right. I mean, and it's true. Like that's the process. Like Justin explains sort of how that happens. It happens by repeatedly making the same choice, but it also has to be a choice you can repeat over and over. If you can't you know, I'm all or nothing, 100%. Like, I'm an all or nothing person. So I have to trick myself. I have to find ways around my personality <laughs> defects. Not, I don't like that phrase, but, you know, like, <laughs> the stuff that I know I'm going to do or not going to do, I have to trick myself all the time. And you're absolutely right. Like, okay, I'm also not going to beat the crap out of myself if I, you know, if I 
one day wake up in the middle of the night and I eat a handful of whatever's mm-hmm. who cares, mm-hmm. right? Uh, I'm not going to wake up the morning. Oh my God, it's all over. I destroyed my life, you know, <laughs> because I just don't do that anymore, but I would have definitely, there was times where, especially with food, I would have to obsess about it to make it happen. And if I, and I thought if I stopped obsessing, then I wouldn't execute the plan, but that's right. Like if I make something a habit, then I'm just going to do it all the time anyway, because it becomes automatic. It's just part of how I live in the world every day. So knowing yourself, being honest with yourself, finding the little tricks, <laughs> you know, um, one, for example, I love certain types of vegetables, like a ton, but don't like a lot of other kinds. Mm-hmm. So, but if I don't make an effort to make those vegetables available, like, you know, if I can't have it all the time fresh because it always goes bad because I don't get to it fast, get it frozen, <laughs> you know, like have yeah. it in the freezer. Like I have a small freezer. I can still manage it, you know, it, and it's not expensive. So there are silly little stupid things that you can do that just make it easy. And that's what it's got to be easy because if it's not easy enough, then it's going to be, it's not going to happen. And like you're yeah. saying, all or nothing, it's too hard to, to repeat. Sorry, go ahead, Warren. Right. I was just wanted to say um, part of the problem sometimes is that when people think it's easy or when it's too easy, it's not going to have an impact mm. on your life. Right. And the thing is, it has the biggest impact. It has the biggest potential to have the biggest impact on your life down the road. But it's it's a process. It's not the big quick fix right now. Mm-hmm. But it's the only way you're actually gonna get somewhere and stay there. That's right. Because if you make it too big, it won't happen at all. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and we talk about that a lot. We're our clients, their families often will or loved ones will come to us when we're working with families, and they'll say, "When are you gonna fix my?" whatever my husband my loved one my uh and you're like fix and they were like all right are they going to be done in a month you're like yeah let's let me explain this to you would you expect yourself to learn japanese in a month because if the answer is no then it isn't going to happen for them either right because that it's learning mental health is the process of learning how to do something new and people unfortunately don't understand that right because we're not told how this whole thing works and you know, that's the tragedy of not understanding the mind and body system. If you don't understand these things, then you don't understand how to practically succeed in really important ways day in and day out. Mm. And that's the real, that's the real tragedy of this. Unfortunately, you guys, we are out of time. Yeah. <laughs> it happens very quickly, I know. Um, <laughs> it's crazy. So... Thank you both so much for this this conversation. Really, really informative, really helpful. I feel like we just kind of summed up the whole thing in a nutshell. Um, <laughs> why, right, explaining this whole mind and body thing and, and why it's so important to our health. So really appreciate this conversation. We'll be back here again next Friday uh, at noon talking about immune health uh, indefinitely. So. Thanks, you guys. Have a wonderful weekend and um, stay sane, stay safe, and be well. Bye.